Hi, hi, hello, guys. <laughs> I'm Rui, and this is Macabre Ramblings. So it's a paranormal full ramble today. Yay! And as I have said in the previous episode, since it got a little bit too dark and kind of really frustrating in that last full crime, full crime, <laughs> in that true crime full ramble, the one for with the frog boys as a topic, I decided to take up a pretty light, not, it's, it's not as light because, you know, we're still like ghosts and how do you get ghosts death <laughs> especially our topic for today but it's more of a you know kind of light <laughs> how do you explain it in another world word but not as dark as the last one and the topic for today for this episode is the chair of death yep the chair that brings you death so this chair is from thirsk England and it was apparently made or apparently uh, made a death chair in 1702 so it's in the past in the way 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 back which is I just discovered that I love stories about this time like you know obscure true crime stories obscure uh, just weird stories around this time I absolutely find interesting they're so i don't know i just like the obscure things so this chair of death is basically a chair that would kill anybody who sits on it so if you sit on the chair you're gonna have you're gonna be dead in like a few days or just dead soon and there are quite a couple of accounts about people who have sat on this chair and unfortunately did not survive so but before, before we go to that account of just people dying just because they sat on this chair, let's make like a history as to how this chair came to be. Hmm? So, in the late 17th century, there's someone named Daniel Otty. Aweti? It's spelled A-W-E-T-Y. So, I don't know how do you pronounce that. Is it Otty? Daniel Otty? And he moved from Leeds to the rural place called Kirby Whisk. And it's three miles away from the Busby Stoop Inn, who is going to that is going to be a a pretty important place in this story. He moved to this place to continue his illegal business. <laughs> yep. So Daniel Audi isn't a very law-abiding citizen, and he's basically counterfeiting money is making fake coins so daniel otty he bought a farm on the edge of kirby whisk and he renamed this farm the danity hall which is basically a derivative of his name dan otty so danity hall and this hall still stands up to this day 
So apparently the hall sits at the top of a gentle rise providing an excellent lookout for unwanted visitors. So if they ever have like police near or just people near, he could see it very clearly and he could hide his illegal coin making business. So Otti, once he had bought the hall, he extended it and eventually he built a hidden room linked by a secret passage from the underground cellar and so that's where he kept his underground coin making business and now enters another man named thomas busby and he is he is and he is a local man and he became partners with daniel otty because he became his son-in-law and he married elizabeth who is daniel otty's daughter but Thomas Busby isn't really a very law-abiding character as well. He is a basically a petty criminal. <laughs> you know, the one who just lives through like thieving and other stuff. But because he has that type of character, he easily just became the partner in crime with Daniel Otte. And so they did this counterfeiting business together. But even if you know they became partners and their son-in-law father-in-law they basically experienced disagreements about the distribution of rations and this resulted in a lot of arguments so their relationship isn't going smoothly at all they're like probably two very uh loud not loud very strong personalities together and it didn't go well at all so one day they haven't reached a decision at all from one of their problems with their business and they ended up in an argument and return and after that they returned to their homes the next day at night daniel visited the inn where thomas busby and elizabeth lived so many sources say that daniel went there to take his daughter elizabeth back to his home another source said that daniel only wanted to visit for the sake of visiting but unfortunately this would be basically the last day where daniel otty would see his daughter because thomas busby he uh yeah thomas busby just returned from a party with his friends and he is drunk also i forgot to say that thomas busby is actually a drunk man as well alcoholic he's basically an alcoholic and he owns this inn he owns an inn that's going to be pretty uh important in this story so uh, he came from a drunken party with his friends and then when he saw his father-in-law daniel he got mad because daniel is sitting on his favorite chair so because he's drunk and they got they just got into an argument and his emotions are still very much running high also coupled with being dr drunk busby could not help but feel that his anger is bubbling even more and he ended up fighting with daniel again elizabeth who at that time was there but she felt powerless to intervene so she just stayed silent and watched the fight daniel quickly quickly realized that thomas was drunk and so he ended the fight because it you know drunk fighting with a drunk person doesn't really go directions so he ended the fight excused himself and went home so thomas who was still very much drunk became even angrier when daniel just left the, the conversation and didn't even finish the argument at all so he decided to follow daniel to his house when he arrived at daniel's house huh, 
He attacked Daniel with a hammer that he was carrying. I don't know where he got the hammer. Did <laughs> he just got a hammer and hit him on the head until Daniel is dead, basically dead. Busby hid the body in a nearby woodland, but when Otty failed to appear, a search was done to find him and this led to the discovery of his dead body and it was very easily connected to Thomas Busby and he got arrested. Busby was then tried at York Assizes in 1702 and he was condemned to hanging. So there's a couple of variations about how the next series of events had happened. So I'm just going to say a few that were the most uh, popular ones. So one version says that while Thomas Busby was on his way to the gallows in Thirsk, he suddenly decided to have a drink of ale for the last time at his inn and he wants to sit on his favorite chair as his last request. When he had finished this, he said, quote, May sudden death come to anyone who dares sit in my chair. So that's one variation of the story. The another one is basically Busby cursing the chair while he is on the way to his execution. There's another version that says that he was drunk in the chair when he was arrested and he cursed it right then and there. So after being hanged, Busby is dead, of course, but his corpse was dipped in tar to preserve it and placed it in an iron frame and hung from a stoop near the scene of the crime. So this process is, I haven't read into it too much, but apparently this is called gibbeting, gibbeting, G-I-B-B-E-T, when you dip a corpse into tar to preserve it and basically hang it somewhere. And his remains were hanged from a gibbet, gibbet opposite the inn that he owns. And so the inn takes its name from this post or stoop on which his remains could be seen. So the Busby Stoop Inn. So after that, after the hanging and basically Thomas Busby dying, since that time, many people have reported his ghost at or near the hangman's gibbet with a noose around his neck. This chair, uh, yeah, so that's the, the people think that he's basically haunting the place. And the chair, that his favorite chair, remained in the pub for centuries and people were eventually dared to sit on it. So it became like a, an attraction for that end. It is said that Busby's spirit was stuck inside the chair. And even today, his soul continues to sit on that chair. Busby's spirit kills the person sitting on that chair. Uh, so apparently the pub right now, the Busby Stoop Inn has a a pub sign. You know, the, the signs hanging like chained hang signs. <laughs> and this in this swinging pub sign, uh, there is an image of the chair, <laughs> basically. And in the gents or, or comfort room hangs a framed autograph of Albert Pierpont, which is Britain's best-known executioner. So they're definitely banking into this thing. <laughs> they're making it help their business after all of that happened. So now we go to the accounts of people that have unfortunately sat on the chair. So I have read that the first account, it, the one of the first accounts is this. In 1894, there is a local chimney sweep and another man and they had been drinking in the Busby Stoop Inn. 
After leaving the pub late, the chimney sweep laid down on the roadside to sleep, and the following morning he was found hanging by his neck on a gatepost next to the old Busby gibbet. There's an inquest into the chimney sweep's death and they basically decided that he had killed himself, but a lot of people believe that it's because he sat on the chair and that's why he is dead. And there's another account during World War II where an airman from a nearby base, I completely, I completely forgot to put it in my notes, but I think these are Canadian airmen, and they made the pub a hot spot and the chair became a quote-unquote hot seat and people noticed that the ones who sat on it would never come back from war. In 1967, there were two Royal Air Force pilots sat, that sat on it and while driving back, they crashed into a tree and died. Yep, a few years later, two bricklayers decided to try sitting on it and that afternoon, the one who sat in it fell to his death. So the cursed chair has apparently killed every person who sat on it, no matter what. There are some instances that include a roofer. So a roofer sat on it and the roofer died after the roof he was working on collapsed. And a cleaning woman stumbled into it while mopping and he was later killed by a brain tumor. A brain tumor! After stumbling into it. That's one sad way of going. So it is said that for some time prior to their death, Time varies in all cases, so it's a case-by-case -case basis. The person who sat on the chair experiences haunting experiences, including extreme itching. <laughs> yes, very haunting experience. Including extreme itching, paranoia, hearing things, confusion, items being moved, and written warnings on mirrors and walls about the person's imminent death, in addition to many other strange happenings. So imagine just you accidentally sat on the chair or you were like, there to sit on the chair and you did and then when you go to the mirror it shows it gives you a warning that you'll die from i don't know falling down the stairs getting killed by a car that gives you so much paranoia after that uh so the pub, the, the pub, so the pub it was later owned by a brewery and uh and someone called tony earnshaw became the manager of it, the place and Tony Orenshaw was not a superstitious man at all when he took over the Busby Stoop Inn in 1968. So he initially dismissed the Busby curse as basically nonsense but later reported several fatal incidents which began to worry him. So before becoming the landlord of the place, Mr. Earnshaw was in the pub having a pint when he overheard two airmen daring each other to sit on the chair. So both airmen sat in Busby's chair and later that day, their cat hit their cat, their cat hit a tree. No, their car hit a tree and both men died on their way to the hospital. So also Mr. Earnshaw reported the story of a group of builders who came into his pub one lunchtime and dared a young laborer to sit in the chair. Poor freaking labor. The brave lad obliged and after returning to their building site, the young lad fell through the roof onto concrete and he died. Eek. After the death of the builder's laborer, Tony Earnshaw basically had enough and he locked the chair away in his cellar. But in 1978, a man from the brewery sat in the chair while in the cellar he told Mr. Earnshaw how comfortable the chair was and suggested that such a fine piece of furniture should be in the bar and not locked away in a damp cellar. Hours later, the delivery driver's vehicle inexplicably left the road and the driver was killed instantly. 
So whether you believe the legends or not, there's a lot of people that says that the count of the, the count of the number of people what's the grammar but the number of people that the chair supposedly took is 63 and they were the ones who dared sit in it so after the uh person who accidentally sat on the furniture i mean he's he, it is it wasn't an, an accidental sitting but more of a ignorant type of sitting he doesn't know that the chair is a cursed chair so after that that was the last straw for tony earnshaw and so he asked the thirst museum to take the chair away on one condition that the museum never let anyone ever sit in it so the museum heeded his words and put the chair on the wall out of harm's way it's literally there's this wall and there's a chair nailed on a wall <laughs> if you think about it the person who put the chair on that wall are they okay because there's this tale of a woman who just accidentally stumbled on it i don't know is it like actual sitting? You need to have like your butt sit on it to be cursed by the chair. And it's okay even if you just touch the chair. So, yep. So for the last 30 years, no one was allowed to sit on the chair at all. So Cooper Harding, who is the manager of the Thirsk Museum, said that, quote-unquote, we have a duty to, re to respect our benefactor's wishes. Over the years, they have been requested many times to allow visitors to sit in Busby's chair. He also added, quote-unquote, in 2004, a Japanese film crew got so upset when they refused them permission to sit on the chair. They complained to the head of legal services at County Hall in North, in North, Thalardon? North Thalardon and later inquired what penalty would they incur if they disobeyed the rules. They were told that the penalty is death. We could have made a lot of money for the museum if we had let visitors sit in the chair, but the promise is a promise. Which is good you know doing what you're promised is always good so as much as i want to you know completely just do this episode with just accounts of like paranormal stuff or just the chair killing somebody because they sat on it i just cannot ignore the a uh, more skeptic side of the story because that's who i am i'd like to believe that ghosts spirits curses like these actually exist but there's also you know the skeptic side that i very much also like to see how do people that does not believe on the chair of death why is this story like very much believed in do they have like an explanation as to how people are just dying after sitting on the chair and so i'm going to talk about a few points of the skeptic side scientific side or just the logical side of about of this topic about the chair of death so many people believe that the deaths were just very much an unlucky coincidence just you know somebody sat on it and it was just a very uh sad coincidence that they had died another explanation could be simply that the majority of those people that are brave enough to basically sit down on the chair and just defy the curse or the uh lore going around the chair were just risk takers you know daredevils and they are prepared to push their luck almost all the time and it is interesting how many of the deaths happened on roads and thousands of men of basically soldiers that never returned from the war or whatever battle that they were sent to and they were just simply unlucky so daredevils that uh did something and they did not end up surviving it 
And uh, apparently the death of the chimney sweep, one of the uh, earliest accounts of the of deaths surrounding the chair. So the death of the chimney sweep in 1894 was a mystery at the time, but in 1914, the drinking partner of the chimney sweep uh, died penniless in the local workhouse. As he lay on his deathbed, he confessed that he tied the chimney sweep to a fence near the pub and robbed him of his purse, which contained only two pens. Which makes me sad because his life was ended because of money and the money that was only taken from his corpse is basically two pens. So his life was exchanged for two pens and that just very much just that's a sad sad thing to happen. It's a sad thing that just happens in real life. So before I continue this uh, point about the skeptics, apparently the Busby Stoop Inn is a modern business and it is still uh, it still proudly displays a sign showing the Busby Stoop chair next to a mock set of gallows. So not only do they have the sign that shows the Busby Stoop chair, they also have their own set of gallows, a mock one, a fake one. So they're really selling this thing with the chair of death type of thing. So apparently in the history of York published in, so we go back to the skeptic logical explanations. So apparently in the history of York that is published in 1858, there were records about the murder of Daniel Alty in 1702. So that was written down. The Kirby Whisk Irish records confirm Otty's burial on the 7th of June, 702, and early parish records reveal that for the first time, the likelihood that Christopher Shaw's was Thomas Busty, Busby, Busty's, his Busty, Thomas his Busty, <laughs> so there's a likelihood that there is somebody named Christopher Shaw's, and this is Thomas Busby's accomplice, and Shaw's was hung for the murder of Daniel Otty and buried on the 4th August of 1702 in Thirsk Cemetery. However, however, why there is a record of a Christopher Shaw's getting hung, but I haven't seen anything that says that there is a Thomas Busby that was hung. So it's like, is this the curse of a chair or was it all just a made up thing from the inn so they could sell more? Because it got popular because of the chair of death. It became like a mini attraction, tourist attraction type of thing. A macabre attraction too. So apparently there is no formal record of a Busby Stoop chair or its famous curse until the mid-20th century. And such reports are limited to press speculation. So if it started at around 1702, why did this famous curse appear only in the mid-20th century? So the museum's curator, Cooper Harding, the one that I have mentioned just a while ago, says that there are as many, there's so many versions of the story as people who have told it. So it's kind of like an oral telling type of story. But he has found elements of the tale in historical facts. So he says while he has found no reference of Busby being married to Otty's daughter, it is clear that the men were criminals and the murder was over the spoils of a gold coin counterfeit scheme at nearby Kirby Whisk or Kirby Whiske. I don't know how it's W-I-S-K-E and Kirby is basically Kirby, spelling of Kirby. So Mr. Harding said that the penalty for 
coin uh, counterfeiting was death and it is likely that somebody was hanged for that and sentenced at York Assizes and it was is going to be gibbeted for murdering his accomplice so he doesn't ha really f he didn't really find any like concrete evident evidence that a Thomas Busby was hanged but because it is true that the men were criminals he thinks that hey if somebody should should be hanged for that type of crime because hanging was the punishment for counterfeiting back then so uh harding added that the assizes records for 1702 has been lost so details of where and when busby was hanged are unclear and that no documentary evidence of the murder issuing a curse has been unearthed i've added here in my notes that dubiting is apparently something that people have been very scared about i mean hanging is also scary but apparently gibbeting gibbeting or however you say that that's one of the most dreaded punishments because you're already dead and your body is not laid to rest and just displayed to everybody to see and in 1859 there is a historian named william grange and he said quote unquote the bones of the poor wretch who had committed murder were hung to fester in the sunshine and blow in the tempest until they fell piecemeal to earth and tradition yet tells tales of night wanderers being terrified when passing this dreaded spot so wait i'll continue for a little bit i'll just help my dog go up to the bed because currently she's in a cone because she has some problems with her anal sac <laughs> and she cannot lick her butt at the moment so she has to be coned for like a week before the vet does if she it's okay so she can't she can't jump on the bed i like mama up 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 oh up up okay i'll help you i'll help you one two three go ah. Ah. okay <laughs> i am back oh i'm pretty sure the audio of that has been completely whacked up but hey i had to help my dog uh-huh and so william grinch the historian we're gonna go back to the uh, topic so William Grange the historian said that there were no sign of the gibbet post gibbet post which the chimney sweep was supposedly found near in 1894 which alongside a suicide verdict to inquest on the chimney sweep's death debunks that tale so he definitely talks flowery languages but apparently he did not see a gibbet post near where near the inn at all so he doesn't really know if there was actually like a gibbet post near the inn or anything that corroborates that the tale is actually real and not fabricated at all and adding more to the points of the skeptics that has a theory that this is just a, a weaved tale for people to believe in um there's a furniture historian named dr adam Bowett. Dr. Adam Bowett and I didn't know that there is a furniture historian that's very interesting so this furniture historian found that in the chair has spindles and the spindles were machine turned and apparently 17th century chairs were made with a polath lathe polath so it wasn't machine turned and apparently machine turned chairs only appeared at least around 138 years after Busby's death and the chair was Keister style and made after 1840 so the chair was younger 
than people think it is. So that's the furniture historian's opinion about the chair. But uh, going back to Mr. Harding, the museum curator, while there is no doubt that this was a chair that the locals basically dared visitors to sit in, and there's a story behind it that people are scared about, but keep on like telling to everybody because it's a tale that's scary, macabre, but also very interesting. But he still wouldn't try to sit in it <laughs> at all. And I have the same opinion about it. Because if you sit in it, I don't know, it's, it's, you just don't want to try, you know. <laughs> you don't want to try your luck. You don't want to push your luck about this. So I will end this with nowadays, which I haven't really found a lot about how the chair is nowadays. It's just in the museum hanging there. Like, so nobody can sit on it. But there are a lot of people who are asking the museum to let them sit on it and they even like offered so much money. So apparently that's because it has been credited as being among the most haunted items in the world. Ghost hunters basically plead a lot to spend a night to spend to spend the night with the Busby stoop chair. But they were not allowed to because <laughs> the museum does not want to risk people trying to sit on the chair. And it is hanging in a corner. This chair is currently hanging in a corner of Thirsk Museum, and it apparently has recently attracted an unsuccessful one million dollar bid from an American collector and the film crew from Japan that I have talked about earlier in this episode. Wow! Imagine having one million dollars in your pocket to pay for a chair that is haunted and might kill you, but you're just happily collecting it. I wish I have that much money. <laughs> Honestly, if I have that much money, I'm pretty sure that my dogs would be living in luxury right now. Almost all of my money is basically going to my dogs. I just spoil them a lot, which is probably a problem, but hey, they're my children. Anyway, I'm rumbling, rambling again, but that's the brand of this podcast. So, yep. So anyway, that's the end of this story. This one is shorter than the last one, and... I find that rather refreshing actually <laughs> true crime episodes tend to get really really long so this is like a break from it and i hope you found this story interesting if the thirsk museum is near you or you can go to the thirsk museum if or if it's open and you can visit just visit you know just stare at the chair don't sit on it don't climb and sit on it don't <laughs> so yeah, so there's a hint for the next week's episode. I honestly don't know if <laughs> um, people can actually uh, guess what the next topics are because there are a lot of topics strewn all about and I'm just giving the vaguest ones, I suppose. So the next topic for the true crime ramble is... Uh, hmm, how can I put out a hint? So, don't mess with the tigress. Yep, let's go with that. Don't mess with the tigress. Or <laughs> tigress. Don't mess with the tigress. So, that's the hint for the next episode. It's a true crime one. And it's probably going to not be as long as the last one. But I found it very interesting. It's an obscure one, actually. I, I cannot find a lot of information around it in the internet. So, it's probably going to be just as short as this one. So, yep. This is where I'm going to end my episode today. I hope you found this interesting. I hope you found this something just, you know, playing in the background type of thing while you're doing something else. 
So, uh, huh? If you have any stories that you want to share to me or some topics that you want me to cover, you can email me at macabramblingspodcast. And uh, I also have an Instagram. Oh, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I completely mixed that up. So if you have any stories that you want to tell me or share in this podcast, or you want me to read out loud in an episode or something, or you have a topic that you want me to cover, send me an email at macabramblings at gmail.com. And I also have an Instagram where you can DM me there and it's macabramblings podcast. And I also have Twitter, which is macarambles, which is M-A-C-A rambles. And that's about it. Eat a lot of food. <laughs> Eat nutritious food. Drink water. Hydrate. Get some rest. Get some sleep. <laughs> uh, don't be like me. Insomnia is a bitch. So, yeah. Always stay safe. And don't forget to stay spooky, everybody. Bye-bye and take care. Ciao!